Hello and welcome to episode 190 of Fergo on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter, at AndrewRP. And joining me as always is the ebullient League Freak. You can find me on Twitter, at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going pretty well. It's good to have you back. It's good to be back. I've been missing for... I think you've done 17 episodes in the last few days since I've oh, been... It's It's been like ages and ages. I was like, I was scared. Scared? Yeah. That was the only thing I felt was a fear, crushing fear. But outside of that, it was fine. <laughs> was, was, I'm curious as to why there was a fear. I don't know. Just everything's oh, I, scary. I think I know why. I think it's because I've got the, uh, the login details for the... Uh, <laughs> for, for the Uber Eats account. For the Uber Eats account. Yeah, hey, did I tell, tell you the, the password? You know how you needed the password for the uh, Twitter account? Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got it. It's um, as if I'm going to tell you cunts. You cunts aren't going to get it. I'll give it to Andrew, not you cunts out there listening. And speaking of those people, those um, people you just mentioned there, we're going to do an Ask Kenty episode today. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's been a while since we've done an Ask Kenty. So I was actually, it's funny because I was thinking about it today. I was working on the website and I was like, should I put in a tag for Ask Kenty once? And I was like, nah, people can just search for them. So it's time to do an Ask Kenty. I'm ready. My body's ready. It is. This is just going to be random. I've just typed in Ask Kenty into Twitter mm-hmm. and... You can be rest assured that only three of these have been read on air in the last 12 months. So, we're yeah, fair chance we're not going to come across one that they, um, they've they read out on air. It'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. Alrighty. Shall we rip in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. First one, Mr. Rose to you says, since when does a meat lover's pizza come with capsicum? Well, that's a random question. Mm. Uh, and it's a very good question, too. I don't think I've ever had a meat lover's with capsicum. Have you? Neither have I. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but at the same time, kind of defies the logic of being a meat lover's pizza if it's got something on it that's not meat. But then again, yeah. I do have cheese on them, I guess. Yeah, true. Yeah. It should just be meat, cheese, sauce, and pizza. That That's pretty much it. Yeah. Is there any meat you shouldn't have on a meat lover's pizza? Uh, I guess you're asking the wrong person, hey? I'd eat all sorts of meat on a meat lover's pizza. I can't think of a certain sort of meat I wouldn't eat. Who would be the the right person to ask about a meat lover's pizza if you're the wrong person to ask? Uh, that's a good question. A vegan? Um, yeah, well, you know, a vegan. Just think a vegan doesn't know how good a meat lover's pizza tastes. Poor no. bastards. Well, they don't know how good food can actually be because they just spend the whole time eating lawn clippings. Yeah, that's true. And the rest of the time they spend just telling you that they're a vegan. Yeah. Yeah, in between mouthfuls of grass and leaves. Yeah. Yeah. And hating themselves. You idiots. Um, RJ Corrigan says, just an observation, Fox NRL. When talking about NRL Eels Raiders, why spend half the spot talking about the dollars and dollars of the roosters? Yet again, you find a way to take any focus away from the... Canberra Raiders. Why such disrespect for a club that made last year's grand final? I think the problem, Rob, is um, you, you've assumed straight away that these people actually watched the game. Yeah, a big mistake, massive mistake. They don't watch the game. They don't no. even like it. No, that's right. You've, that's your that's your big error there. 
Hey, while we're, just... we're talking about the Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. While we talked about the disrespect of the Raiders. Yeah. What do you think of Hodgson and uh, George Williams and their form? Because I've been critical of them the whole year, and I just think they're holding the Raiders back, and I'm getting a lot of grief for it. And what do you think? I don't think you could put any half back in there and make them play that much better. I don't think George Williams is going that badly. Mm-hmm. Hodgson, his service from dummy half has dropped off badly, and that's he's, hurting their forwards a big amount. He's he's the worst, probably in the whole NRL right now, from his just flat-out service out of dummy half. Yeah. He's still got that a good running game from dummy half, but with that forward pack, you're not going to need to run that often. Mm. And... His service is just, it's slow, it's clunky, the passes aren't real crisp anymore. I don't know what's going on. But um, he's not hes not getting that, he's not getting good clean ball to the forwards all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and because the forwards aren't able to lay that platform, you know, no halves are going to be able to do anything behind that. I think when, when we've seen the Raiders forwards earlier in the year, have that platform and they're they're rolling forward pretty well. Williams has played pretty well behind it, um, but a lot of that mo- um, momentum the forwards have got have been through quick, quick play the balls mm-hmm. and you know big bustling runs and poor defenses not being able to slow them down. Um, when the defenses have been a bit stronger and been able to contain the forwards pretty well, that momentum's just not coming. And I think I'm willing to give Williams a bit more time because. There are times when the the Raiders' attack is not getting that roll on. He's not afraid to run the ball himself to try and put the defense in two minds, and I think not not enough halfbacks try that these days. Because yeah. a halfback running the ball is going to make a defender think, is he going to pass, is he going to kick, what's he going to do? And I like that he does that. We still see a lot from a lot of the halfbacks. Um, Mitch Moses is one. When he comes up a really good defensive side... He won't run the ball very often, and if he does, he'll dump it just mm-hmm. be, you know, two steps before he gets tackled. And so it makes him pretty easy to defend. But when his team's on a roll on and he runs the ball, he's un- he's unstoppable. Um, I like the fact that Williams is willing to run the ball even when he's the the momentum's not there because he's trying something. I can ex- I can yeah. I can give him I can give him a uh, a reprieve for that. But yeah, Hodgson has not been playing well. See, I. I said in the last episode, I like the way that he runs the ball, George Williams. I really do. He's a really, really good ball runner for a halfback. The problem I have with him is his organizing of the play is just non-existent at the moment. Now, he hasn't been there for very long, and he's got a lot more experienced players around him who should be doing more, including the hooker. But just on the weekend against the Eels, there was just they needed someone to guide them around the field, and there was no one, especially when Whiten, he was very quiet on the weekend. He didn't have a good game. Whiten's and, not much of an organiser either, which is another problem. Exactly. So, and I'm I'm watching them and I'm like, man, they're desperate for a halfback. And they've got one out there, but he, it's just not his sort of game. I feel as though uh, Whiten and Williams are kind of similar sort of players in that they're fantastic ball runners. Probably the best ball running halves in the league. But there's a lot of things that they're missing in terms of organisation, and I think it's going to really hurt the Raiders in the long term as far as, you know, being a proper premiership contender because 
as you say, if their forwards aren't on a roll, and, and I think that these new rules don't help their their style of forward pack, their big bustling forward pack, I, I think that you need that organiser there. You need somebody that's going to drag everyone where he wants them, tell them where he wants them to be and stuff, and they, I feel as though they don't have that right now. How's about, as an idea, Yeah, they move White into centre. Uh-huh. They send Curtis Scott back to Sydney to get tasered some more. Yeah. Because he has been diabolical this year. <laughs> he really he did like his game against the Eels, it was do you remember there was I think his name was Steve Michaels, played for the Broncos, and there was yeah. a game where he's just catastrophic for the Broncos in the centers. Mm. Yeah. Reminded me of him. Yeah. Um, Scott just, he's hard. He really is. It's one of those things where I thought Canberra were a little bit crazy to get rid of Lailua because, um, I thought Lailua suited their style a lot better than what he was going to shoot the Tigers. Yeah. And it just seemed like Lailua was only destined to be good at Canberra. Everything about the way Canberra played and their style of play suited Lailua down to the ground. That's true. Although I think that they got over just like him not being available and just that sort of stuff. And I feel as though they just wanted somebody they could rely on. Unfortunately, I think they've picked the wrong person. Very much so. You know? And, and Lailua is actually, and I'll admit I was wrong, and I thought he was going to be a bit of a dud buy for the Tigers. He's been pretty bloody good. Yes, but he has been. I was actually watching him um, on Sunday and was impressed with how he played. And Luciano as well. He Luciano's game great. has increased in, you know, in every aspect immensely. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing more minutes. Um, he's hit up, so making more meters. His defense is much more improved. His lateral movement is way better than what it was at the Dragons. Um, I think he was criticized a lot at the Dragons for just being lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, man, he's putting the work in now. He looks really good now. I, I was always shocked that he didn't get the, you know, the game time at the Dragons. And I can understand to a certain extent because they've got really good forwards and the de- the forward depth there has always been good, even though they've been playing poorly. But he's really stepped up to a new level. I mean, if he continues to play like this, you know, in a few years' time, he's going to be really, real, you know, one of the top forwards in the game, possibly. You know, he's he's got that ability to throw his weight around because he's a big dude. But as you say, that footwork is fantastic. And he's just got a bit of an X factor about him. He's not like the sort of X factor that, say, Kikau is or something. He's he's a few steps back from him, but he's just a really handy forward to have. Yeah, I fully agree. Fully agree. Um, shall we move on to the next one? Yeah, let's do the next one. All righty. Uh, let's see. At our good one says... Any truth to the rumour Broncos offered Titans a million a year to keep Talos the fuck away from Red Hill? <laughs> now, there's something was going on with Gordon Talos, and I don't know what it is, but apparently he was uh, he seemed a little bit cheerful about the downfall of the Broncos. Now, part of me wonders if he's just not saying all of the same silly shit that we hear former Broncos players say, like, oh, this is not the Broncos' way, and... We expect more of the club, and I feel as though maybe Talis is just saying something different, and it's putting people off, because you know it, he's he's pretty forthright in what he thinks, and you know he says it. 
That's crazy is that I've seen absolutely zero difference between the commentary we get from Gordon Tallis mm-hmm. and the commentary we get from Paul Gallen. Yet Gallen gets hated more for what he says. I think we see way more of Paul Gallen and hear way more of Paul Gallen. And there's, man, there's a problem that Paul Gallen will never escape, and it's the fact that his best football coincided with the point in his career where we know that there were some issues, you know, and he will never get away from that. It doesn't matter what he does. And that's why he should, like, and I know it wasn't his fault. It wasn't like he was going out and doing the stuff himself, you know. He was a victim of it. But I think that, I think because he's outspoken on top of that, it rubs people the wrong way. Fair enough. That's my feelings anyway. Fair enough. Um, at Swill, 7018895. Sounds like a burner. <laughs> yeah, says, just a bit. says, hashtag ask Henty, why do you hate Paul Crawley? Do you reckon he hates... I feel like Zoe, he feels like Paul Crawley is like a, a pet dog. But not like a pet dog, like a lap dog. I feel like it's like a working dog. Like the most he will give it is like a little bit of a, a, a nod and he'll throw it down a little bit of taka, extra taka or after a good day's work. But he doesn't really love it. He just respects its work that it puts in. Yeah. It, it's also a working dog that he's still training. Yeah. It yeah. still needs broken in a little bit more. Yeah. Sure, the dog's 97 years old. Yeah. Still needs to be trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it needs to be toilet trained. <laughs> Maybe. Um, at I am Hutchie says, for the game, would it be good for Save Volandis to step in and talk to Kim Smith and get him to the Titans for a year or two to try and get success and build the game there? Uh, man, can he bring Billy Slater with him and Jonathan Thurston? And there's a fucking shitload of players more they'd need than Cam Smith. Mm, first of all, I say no, mm-hmm. only because I think Cam Smith should stay at the Storm for another two years. That way we can get Harry Grant to break his contract with the Storm so he can stay at the Tigers. <laughs> yes. That's that's Is a it, given. That that's a, I believe that's called a vested interest, Andrew. Never. I've got for, no... I've got no, uh, I've got no interest in the West Tigers club. Well, first than, of all, I mean, other than personal, <laughs> apart from the personal interest in the Titans, uh, the Tigers, sorry, and then like apparently you've got shares in the Brisbane Bombers as well that you won't yeah. disclose to us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're publicly listed, even though they're not. And I've got shares in. I've got the shares that they don't actually have available. I've got them. It's like that New York Rugby League team. They're selling jerseys and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck are they selling jerseys for? They don't have a team yet. Yeah, I've got shares in them too. Oh, nice. Yeah, the the, the jerseys, Yeah, that that's to raise money to pay me um, <laughs> my, the dividends on the shares that I own. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's only, look, it's only a rort if you're not in on it. That's all right. Um... At Tain, 41031355. Another burner. Should Dean Pay be at the Bulldogs in 2021? Yes. Yes, definitely. I saw the Bulldogs fans today blowing up, saying, oh, we've got to get rid of Pay, we've got to get rid of Pay. Just take the lineup they had on, on Sunday, right, and tell me who you would change in it. Because there's no one there. 
There's no fucking, there's no superstar in reserve grade waiting to step in. They're re- literally rebuilding the club from the ground up. Yeah. And the first part of the rebuild is waiting for all those god-awful contracts to expire so they can have some money available to start actually buying players. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't know what people expect out of Dean Pay. People were and, told this, you know, what was it, two years ago, how much mm-hmm. of a mess that salary cap was in. And mm. it was going to take them two, three, four years to, to get out of it. Yeah. And yet two years later, they're like, oh, it's the coach. You know, no, it's not. <laughs> it's it's really strange. And, you know, you look at that team, they're barely a first-grade team. It's like a – it's literally a reserve-grade team with a couple of first-graders in it. The only player in there that I am not impressed with how they're playing is DWZ. He should be playing a lot better than he is. He should have the fullback spot nailed down. Yeah. And he's been outplayed by Will Hoppawadi by a long way. Mm. Hoppawadi looks so much more comfortable, so much more dangerous. The Bulldogs look more dangerous with Hoppawadi at fullback. Um, DWZ, I don't know, mate. He looks like he's phoning it in, to be honest. He really does, and... Like, even in his worst days at Penrith, and he was really good for us at Penrith. Like, I was upset when he left. But he never played this poorly. And we've seen at his best, he is absolutely devastating. He is a devastating, like, RTS kind mm. of athlete, you know? Yeah, the, the and, kick returns he was doing, I mean, we'll, we'll always talk on about that test where he filled in for RTS fullback. Mm. He was RTS level good that day. And not RTS standard, that's RTS at his best. That's where DWZ was at in that game. And he's not even close to seeing that at the moment, the dogs. Now it's re- it is really, really strange. And it sucks because you know what this player can do. You know that he is a, a possible superstar. But as you say, it looks like he's phoning it in. And, you know, he wanted to leave the Panthers because he wanted the fullback role. He's lost it at the Bulldogs. I wonder if he's upset about that or something because, I mean, if say, say in six weeks from now, if we heard that he wanted to return to the Panthers, you wouldn't be shocked, would you? No, but I also it, wouldn't. I also don't think the Panthers would take him back. I wouldn't want him back at the Panthers, and no. I was blown up when he left. No, I can't find think of too many clubs that would take him right now. No, it'd have to be someone like the Titans, you know, that just is mm. like, give us any, just, we need talent, you know, give us anyone. Maybe the Broncos. <laughs> we could, you know what? They could do worse than getting him. You uh, know, the fullback, you know, I'd take him. Um, Lionel Love 07 says, the Warriors have given up so much for the NRL to continue. Should a New Zealand player be allowed to play state of origin for this year only, one for each state? No. No, that's a dumb idea. Why would we do that? Yeah. Makes no sense. As long, uh, Hang on. Actually, if we can get in New South Wales, if we can have RTS, and they can have the rest of the Warriors pack to choose from, the whole side, they can have Blake Green or someone. <laughs> Who would Queensland get? Maybe they can take Adam Blair. Oh, man. So, Adam Blair, forwards. I tell you what, Adam Blair on the weekend, I've seen him play some bludger games, but 
he put in like an Adam Bliss special on the weekend. It was shocking. I couldn't believe how poorly he played. Yeah. Talking about people phoning in, mate, he faxed it in. He really did. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> he was actually, for, for the first half, he was picking up the phone going, hello, hello, I can just hear buzzes and whistles. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> ding 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 Okay, I've got a question for you. Uh, Four-year contract, and you have to sign them. Mm-hmm. Who do you take, Adam Blair or Aaron Woods? Adam Blair, because he's older and he might return before the contract ends. You know what's crazy? I would take Adam Blair as well. I yeah. would I would not want Aaron Woods. Aaron Woods is done. Yeah, I, I watched Aaron Woods today in a team where the Sharks forwards were performing easily better than the Manly ones. Mm-hmm. They're making good meters. And he was just... He was just a nothing. He was non-event. Yeah. I tweeted today saying to call Aaron Woods a passenger would be an insult to passengers. I saw that. That was a good one. Man, he is... I can't believe he played test footy. And neither can I. And, like, you know, I've and I've said this for years, I never rated him, even when he was at the Tigers. And I, well, I just... When he was at the worse. Tigers, okay, he was, he, was, he was very good at the Tigers. And I'll accept that he should have been in the conversation for origin. Not playing it, but in the conversation. He was at that level where he's one of the the ten the ten props who would have been in the in the conversation for origin selection every year he was at the Tigers. Mm-hmm. But that's that was his level. And that's Bryce Gibbs level. Right? That's to me, John Scandalis, those sort of guys, that's the level they're at. Mm-hmm. But he, that last year at the Tigers, and then and everything he's done since, it's just been, I'm, I'm going to say it, he's been bludging. He really, like he has zero impact in defense and zero impact in attack. It's, it's yeah. absolutely incredible it's... that someone can have no fucking impact in a game at all. You know what gets me is the fact that he now gets to start games. And Fafita sits on the bench, and Fafita, at his worst, is still more likely to break a game open than Woods will ever be. Yeah. Even though Fafita's got one leg at the moment. One leg. Looks like he's put on a few kegs. Mm-hmm. He is still far more dynamic a player than, than Woods will ever be. It really is crazy. I, he, I, I don't I get would, it. I would suggest that Woods would be in the, like, final running of worst players to ever play for the Kangaroos. Yeah. And we've had some bludges. I'll, I'll put this question to you, okay? Yeah. Say Aaron Woods comes off contract at the end of this year. Yeah. Who signs him? Um, all in all seriousness, I don't care which team around the world, which team do you think is going to sign him? I can't imagine an NRL team signing him, any of them. I was thinking maybe Toulouse. Yeah, someone like that. I wonder if how we'd them, go over in Super Maybe, maybe um, Bradford Bulls. He'd fit in well in Bradford. <laughs> He'd, 
I feel as though he put on a lot of weight in Bradford. <laughs> hey, I don't know why. There's just I just get this picture of like all of a that's sudden everything that's cooked in Bradford is cooked in a deep fry. Yeah, it's deep fried. <laughs> just all he would eat would be deep fried spam. It's yeah. like a it looked like a fat Peter Russell Clark. <laughs> And all of a sudden, you'd someone would say, "Oh, that's Aaron Woods," and he'd have like a real bushman's beard, and you'd be like, "Nah, that's fucking Adam Cuthbertson, surely." You know what I mean? See, you you would have to prep and you wanted a salad, and it'd come out to be just deep fried lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh and shit! The deep fries in Bradford. Um, what's the next one? Ah, oh, here we go. At Perturbed L says, Panthers have beaten the Roosters and now the Storm and put in a decent shift against the Eels. What more do they need to do to be spoken about as genuine chances this year? Um, I think aren't most people calling them a chance. I don't know anybody that's written them off. I, yeah, I don't think they've been written off. No. I think the problem that the Panthers have got is they was they were hard to watch last year. And I think this year mm. we've actually seen that a lot of the things that were hard to watch about them last year are starting to click this year. Yeah. I'm starting to see them finally play some consistent footy and things looking good. My only question is, what's going on with Cleary's goal kicking? He missed something like... He's missed like three or four goals over the last two weeks. Well, he, he did have that, uh, like, whatever the fuck was growing off his forehead in the last game. He played brilliantly <laughs> considering, but, uh, I mean, it must have... You know, got in the way of his goal kick, and he's around a corner kick, and maybe he couldn't see around the fucking thing. <laughs> but so uh, he looked terrible, looked really bad. You know, but after he's had like a good dose of penicillin, and you know, he's done his TikTok videos, he's going to be fine. Like he's actually, I would take him over every other halfback in the game right now. Mm. It's okay. I, I'm not. I'm not asking. I'm not asking, Andrew. I'm fucking telling, man. Well, the thing is, I mean, you're lucky because he's at your club, so you don't need to take any other halfbacks. Yeah, yeah that's true. But he's, yeah. um, I, I think that, I, I don't think anybody's written the Panthers off, but I think you're right. I think that they're waiting for the bubble to burst a bit, but I just don't think it's going to. Like, I, the thing I would love to see, I want to see them play the Raiders, and then I want to see them play the Eels again, and, because I, I'm not worried about the Roosters. I never have been. We own their souls. And, that you know, they showed they can beat the Storm, although I think the Storm will be much better with Cameron Smith at halfback, which they're talking about doing that from now on. But um, We only called have, that ages ago. Yeah. And, and, you know, funnily enough, when they put him in there, they looked amazing, didn't they? Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy it took them that long. Um. At Jace underscore 23 underscore says, would a merger between the Cronulla Sharks and Gold Coast Titans become the Gold Coast Sharks make sense? And the answer is no. As much as we might joke otherwise, it does make no sense whatsoever. Yeah, no, I can't. I just don't see any reason for it, to be honest. I'm opposed to mergers. I'm opposed to axing clubs unnecessarily. I'm opposed to relocations um, of that magnitude. And... I don't know. I think See, the only way you fix the Gold Coast Titans is to take the Gold Coast Titans out of Gold Coast. And <laughs> because the Gold Coast is just a, a it's a death it's a death knell for sporting teams of any kind. But this has probably been the first week in God knows how long that mm. the Gold Coast 
NRL team and the Gold Coast AFL team both had wins. Yeah, it would have been a while, hey. Um, so I, I'm not opposed to moving clubs. I'd be pretty ruthless with that sort of stuff. I've I've said before, I think the Sharks should move to uh, Brisbane, become the Brisbane Sharks, move to Perth, become the Perth Sharks, whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't think you need to merge the Sharks and the Gold Coast Titans. I think the Titans can make it work. I just think they need the right people at the club. And while Malmaning is running around trying to fucking set up a hybrid game in December instead of focusing on fucking rugby league and the 2021 World Cup and maybe even the Titans, you know, that'd be nice if Mal just took a minute, had a look at the Titans because they fucking suck and it's his watch that they suck on. Well, at least they don't suck as mad as the Broncos do. Yeah, there is that. Um, we'll get back to that hybrid game later. I want to have a bit of a chat about that. Okay, yeah. Um, what's this one? At the Mike T says, with the heat on NRL coaches and potential for talent on the market, such as Cowboys, Bulldogs, Dragons, Rabbitohs, and Broncos coaches, did that influence the Warriors to act now with the dismissal of Kearney? Um, I, don't I don't think so. I, no. I think from what we found out, it was all tied up with Isaac Moses and some other crap that was going on there. And when Moses got deregistered, the Warriors were able to pull the trigger on Kearney, which is something they wanted to do last year, I believe. I oh, really? That's, that's, the, story, the story went something along those lines. So it was released by the mole. Yeah. Um, apparently, so the rumour goes, um, Moses said, if you don't extend Kearney, then these all these players at your club are going to walk because they're all contracted to me as well and sort of held held the uh, Warriors over a barrel, I guess, so the Warriors had to give him a contract extension. Oh, really? And, and when he got deregistered, I think there's there may be some issue, I guess, I don't know if there is or not, with the legitimacy of the contracts that were signed under his managerial. I don't know. So I don't know. I haven't really been following it, but I know that uh, you, you know there's a lot of horse trading that does happen with managers, and you know sometimes they'll say, "Look, sign my superstar player, but also I want you to sign this guy too on a minimum contract or whatever," you know, um, and that sort of stuff does happen. So it it wouldn't be shocking, but um, I don't know. I just think. I didn't think it was a bad thing for them to get rid of Kearney when they did for the simple fact that he needed to go. And, you know, I, but I don't think it's lined up with any other coaches. I just think they, you know, they did have a catastrophic loss and they were like, that's enough. Let's have a change. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, copy rust underscore Kange. I'm just spelling that out. From the perspective of probabilities, is there even a 1% chance of the defending team winning the scrum once the ball is fed? The answer is yes. If there is, how? It happens every year. Yeah. Um, and if there isn't, why doesn't the NRL completely get rid of the scrum? Because it there happens. The scrum is fine. Yeah. You get one play where you get six players off the field and the games all open up. It's like watching sevens footy. For one play. Mm. Yeah, it's and I like the uh, change where you can move the scrum to the middle of the field, and most teams are doing that. 
um, gives you a lot of attack and options. And we're seeing a, a few different trick plays. I don't think we've seen a team really use it properly yet, but I wouldn't be shocked if we saw that more towards the final series. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw the Storm just run a couple of trick plays three three weeks out and then put them back in the bag, just and wait someone, for the, the finals to kick in. Someone needs to get Tim Sheens back. Yeah. He was pretty good with them sort of uh, scrum plays, eh? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I used to hear commentators talk about, oh, the West Tigers scrum plays. Hang on, every time it was just go short side. <laughs> every time, that was it. I mean, it's not a player, it's just consistently doing the same thing over and over again. Um, D Mooney 149 says, Who do you have a bigger man crush on, Paul? James Graham or Peter Volandis? Oh, it's got to be Peter Volandis. Easy, hands down. Yeah. James Graham's great. You should have a man crush on him. Yeah. Peter Volandis all the way. Um, at Wire Expat. This would be good. So this is someone from Warrington. Mm. Ugh. A couple of Australian coaches have been mentioned about the possible vacancies of Dragons, Cowboys, and also the Warriors. What do you think about Sean Wayne going to one of those teams? He's had oh. much success in Super League. Well, we've discussed that. Yeah, we've discussed that in depth. Which um, club? Okay. Dragons, Cowboys, or Warriors? Which club should Sean Wayne go to? I would, for <laughs> comedic purposes, the Dragons. <laughs> Absolutely. For, you know, it would be devastating if you went to the North Queensland Cowboys. They don't deserve that. Um, no and team you, deserves this. Well, that's true. That's true. But... Then if you went to the Warriors, it would just continue the sort of dumb, stupid, moronic moves the Warriors have made for a long time. But if he went to the Dragons, I could just imagine their fans are loving him at first, but then just going fucking crazy when they realise he can't coach. Mm. They'd have to pay an arm and leg for him too because he thinks he's much better than he really is. Yeah, yeah, it'd be brilliant. Mm. And, and the media would love him because they'd be like, oh, he's... He's straight talking and stuff like that. And they would just completely gloss over the fact that he can't fucking coach. Um, ben JNZ says, does the Warriors issues with signing players encourage a discussion around a draft system for the NRL? Surely it's better for the comp to have a better distribution of talent around the game. Warriors never going to be competitive if they have to pay overs. Okay. We have a system in place at the moment to distribute talent around. It's called a salary cap. Mm-hmm. Works brilliantly. Draft system, we, it's been tried. It was a complete disaster. And players shouldn't be forced to go to a club if they don't want to go there. What if we had some sort of system in place, right, where we gave the Warriors, a, I don't know, a geographic location that they could draw upon, but a large one, you know, not a small one, a, like a, almost a whole country. That would be really cool, hey? And several nearby islands? Yeah, yes. Yeah. See, th- th- we're going somewhere with this idea. That'd be also, fair. Hey? That'd be fair. You know, we'll even let them have Tasmania. Yeah, why not? Why not? Give, them, have... all the, give them every single irrelevant island in the South Pacific, is what you're saying, Andrew. Well, I didn't say irrelevant, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Also, what's this thing about they can't attract free agent talent? Like, RTS, they've got him. He was one of the biggest free agents in the game at the time. They got him easy. They can get talent. Yeah. 
Um, and they're not the only club that has to pay overs for players. There's several of them that have to. Yep. Um, I'd actually say there's probably at least eight or nine of them that have to every year. Okay, here's a question. Which teams can actually pay a little bit under? Um, the top teams. So I'd be saying Melbourne, Brisbane. I know Brisbane's not a top team, but, you know, historically have been. Um, Melbourne, Brisbane, Roosters. That'd be it. See, I would say Melbourne because they must just sit players down and say, hey, look at everyone that we've produced. Now you can either go to another club and be a middle-of-the-road player or you can come here. We might turn you into an origin player. The Roosters, for similar reasons. And I think possibly, and it's not full-on as those two, but possibly I feel as though the Panthers have the luxury of saying to a lot of outside backs, we'll sign you to this contract, and if you don't like it, we've got three other dudes waiting for your job. Yeah. Not to the same extent, but to an extent. That's fair enough. And I guess the the Broncos I'll put in that same category for most of the time anyway. Yeah. I think a lot of people like going to the Broncos because there's a, a Macca's next door to the stadium. Get those chicken nuggets. Sully, somewhere out there, Sully just sat up in bed. <laughs> nuggets. When nuggets? I say better. Where? Huh? Where? When I say better, I mean his fucking car, you know. He's already there. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear people talking about him. Yeah. He just bought those that box of 24 in him, whatever it is. <laughs> um... At Lime Jade said, Paul, a couple of seasons ago, Gavin Badger was my favourite ref. What's happened? I never see refereeing games, only as a touchy. Coronavirus happened. He refereed yeah. the first two weeks. Yeah, did, has he refereed since? So I can't nah, remember. He only, he only did rounds one and two, and that was it. It's kind of weird, though, hey? I, I would have thought they would have had them in a rotation. Yeah, don't know what's going on there. Hmm. Um... Chrissy Boy 77 says, Kenty, what do Tigers have to do to become a top eight, even top four team? Answer is win. Yeah, win more games. Well, they're in the top eight now, so. Top six. Yeah, top six. She's a flying. Yeah. Who do we play next week? Because we'll lose that game. You're playing the premiership favourites. That could be every team except for the West Tigers. You're not playing so much as you're going to your doom. I remember the last time we sat down and watched a Tigers versus Panthers game. Oh man, that was bad. We couldn't we couldn't even get into like giving each other shit because it was so bad. We we're like, ah, oh, just let it end. Um, yeah. There was no doom in that. It was all gloom. Yeah, it was just gloom. We couldn't even get motivated to shit on our own teams. <laughs> oh, this is bad. Somebody shoot them. I think for the last 20 minutes, we were just talking shit about all sorts of other stuff. And we're going like, oh, yeah, they, they've missed a goal. Never mind. Anyway, what were we talking about? It was just so bad. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, at Bo Boneham says, who would be the best person to take over if Paul Green was moved on at the Cowboys? So it's, really not Sean, it's not Sean Wayne. No, not Sean Wayne. Um, I wonder if Griffin would go up there and coach him. I wonder I reckon, if I reckon he probably would, to be honest. What if? What if Wayne Bennett coached them? Mm, that'd be the sort of move he'd probably be keen on. 
I think I think Wayne Bennett's a situation now where he's happy to see Brisbane fail yeah. after what they after what they did at the end of his contract there last year or the year before last. Yeah, I look. I didn't understand when I don't. I'm not a big believer in bringing coaches back. I'm really not. I think it's his backward step, and I never understood them going and getting him back after. But it worked. Left. Almost. Yeah, but it, it it kind of. I feel as though it sets up a precedent of, like things being poorly run, and I know we did it at Penrith, and I think it was the same sort of thing. You know, it's just a poorly managed situation when where you have a coach leave and then you bring him back. I I, I don't know. I just I don't like it, and I think it was a symptom of everything we've seen since. What if Trent Barrett was to go up there? Yeah, he'd be he'd be good up in Queensland, North Queensland. Um, he could have his shirt the off better. the whole time. Hey, he could have his shirt off the whole time. Yeah, he'd. Uh, I guess I guess with the humidity though, would it make his fucking eyeliner run? Ooh, that would be an issue. That is a problem. Any ladies listening? Are there any eyeliners out there which are you know resistant to sweating? There, you know what? I know you can get some that are water resistant. I don't know what they call them. It's not water resistant, but I don't understand why they're not all that way. Yeah, who knows? That's that's a discussion that we certainly can't get into. Yeah, we'll have to get uh, a female on this week and ask them. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll leave you to do that. Okay. <laughs> sorted. <laughs> sorted. Um, Kellen Scott 7683 says, who do you think will be the next coach to be axed? And do you think the coaches should be protected during this time? No, they shouldn't be protected. No, protected from what? Coronavirus? Yeah, I guess that. Um, Who will be next to be sacked? Should be Paul McGregor. I I would be utterly shocked if Seabold coached the Broncos ever again. Mm. Did you say that press conference he had? No, I've read about it. God damn, that was so good. Like, and when I say good, I mean it was just like I guess what I mean is classic. It wasn't good because first of all, he was completely dejected. Like he had nothing left. <laughs> and one of the quotes was like, "Well, I've got a five-year contract, but I'm not looking over my shoulder." <laughs> and it was just he might as well have sat there and said, "Listen, they're going to sack me, but they're going to pay me out. That's the important <laughs> thing." <laughs> Yeah. As soon as you said, well, I've got a five-year contract, I'm sure if you listen closely enough, you could probably hear a bunch of people sharpening knives. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, they just, it's just over. And I can't imagine he's going to coach there again. As much as Paul McGregor should have gone like last year, man, the way that it was just, it's over at the Broncos for him. I just can't imagine him being there next weekend. Broncos are completely rudderless at the moment. Mm. There's no leadership and no direction whatsoever from anyone at yeah. that club. You know, and on I'm the field, at, off the field, anywhere. It's just, they're in free fall. They really are. And so many stupid decisions by either their board or the CEO. The thing I don't like is the CEOs had to sign off on some really fucking terrible contracts. And that should be enough for him to go, in my opinion. Um, but I'm looking at this team that, 
has a really young core that every single coach in the game should be climbing over, you know, broken glass to get their hands on. And yet I'm also seeing Darius Boyd and Isaac Luke and fucking Ben Teo. And I'm look, and it's like, what the hell is going on with that's, this team? That's, that's a desperate effort to get yeah. some experience back in the side after this coach had already got rid of it all. Um, Isaac Luke's the only one that makes sense because he is an upgrade. As as much as he's in the twilight of his career, he's an upgrade on what Andrew McCulloch was dishing out. I agree 100%. But, like, at the same time, but, it also shows the desperate... Like, yeah, that's desperation is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, man, that, that, that team, there's no cohesion whatsoever. There's, the game plan looks as aimless as a dragon's game plan. It really does. Like, and, and there's players there that like Alex Glenn is their captain. He's not, I don't think he's a good player. You know, I think he's highly overrated. Um, Pangai Jr. I would move him up into the front row and I would put Lodge on the bench. I would have Pangai Jr. and Haas as my front rowers because I think that they need more mobility than what they've got, and they need to look to the player market to get just a couple of, like, toilers in the back row that can get through tackles and stuff. Um, they've got the basis of an amazing team, but I don't think their management's capable of of putting it together for them, unfortunately. I, th- I think if David Fafita signs for another club, that's when Seabelt will get the sack. There was talk that the uh, Titans might be signing him for a million bucks, and mm-hmm. he'd be a great signing for them. That's a budget signing. At, yeah. At that age, at that potential that he's got. Well, if I'm the Titans, who are just, they need talent. And Fafita is one of those few players you could look at and say, look, put him in a bad team. It's kind of like a Tamalolo. doesn't matter what team you put him in. He's going to be, he's going to give you what he gives you, you know? Mm. Um, if they said, look, he wants a million to go to most clubs, but he wants 1.2 to go to the Titans. I'd say better he gets it than some of these other bludgers. Yeah. Um, GM underscore Hiscock says, could Peter Volandis be the man to finally bring back the Bears? Um, I would be surprised if Peter Volandis wants to do that, but that is a horrible idea. I agree 100% with you. I wouldn't be shocked if he's like, Somewhere thinking, you know, who'd be good? Newtown. Oh, everyone loved Newtown. Let's bring back the fucking magpies. Shit like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a fucking terrible idea. Um, D. Watson Hayes says, with the Storm being forced to relocate the round seven and eight games to Sydney, will the New South Wales members be allowed to attend as other club members have been able to? That's a good question. Had they... I guess they probably should be considering like, and no offense, Andrew, but we don't want any of the fucking unwashed masses from Victoria up here with your fucking pandemics and shit. Yeah. Well, let's, let's be clear. I'm not Victorian. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're not, you're not a born and raised Victorian. You've probably got some sort of immunity to their, uh, pandemic oh, and general fucked artery. We know that I do. Yeah. I've lived here long enough. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been able to be infected whatsoever by their dopey fucking sport they call. <laughs> they, they they have the nerve to call it football. I know, it's funny. 
I tried. I, I went to a game. What was it? Nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And these two people who we knew, I don't haven't spoken to them since. <laughs> I discarded them as humans from my from uh, from my friend group. Yeah. The day after that game. Because I remember sitting there watching them and there was people there going, do you know that this bloke, he made six tackles last week. And I turned around and I think I said, Michael Luck made something like 68 tackles or something on the weekend for the Warriors. <laughs> and like he actually had players running over him and he had to tackle them to the ground, mm. not just sort of give them a little cuddle as they fell over. Mm. Oh, you were so shirtless. I'm going, don't fucking start me. I'm just, you know, fucking homosexual crap like this. Yeah. Is that the, is that the level of banter you have? Is it just automatically go to gay bashing? At least oh, it, I can't watch this shit anymore, and I walked away. And you know, all that's happened in the crowd since then is they just bash one another. Yeah, all they the bash each just other get worse and just your know, racist stuff. Yeah, and then they, the the quality of the game just gets worse apparently. And so, yeah. hadn't watched it at all until two weeks ago. I thought I'll watch a bit of this while I'm waiting for the NRL to start up. It was between games. Mm-hmm. I was watching it going, how the fuck is this a sport? <laughs> yeah, it's such a, a bludger of a sport. Hey, what do the players have muscles for? Like, they've got big arms. Why? They don't use their arms for anything other than to hit the ball with their hands. All they do is just run around a lot. It just looks like a training run. When I, I see it, it looks like some down. sort of training thing to me. Yeah. But anyway, apparently I've got to pick a team. <laughs> not, not, I'm like, it's not one to follow. I think yeah. it's just one so that if someone asks me a question, I yeah. can just say, I'll go for whatever team it is that exists here, and then they'll stop talking to me about it. <laughs> Whereas if at the moment, if I say an NRL team, yeah. it then becomes this long whinge about, oh, they fucking go. Yeah. I can't be asked having that conversation any further. But It gets it, boring telling people they're wrong. But isn't isn't the coffee down there wonderful? Apparently. I mean, it's, it's world famous for its coffee. Apparently. And the train station. Yeah, yeah, the train station. Is that the one that smells like piss or the one that's always dirty? Which one are we talking about? It's the world famous one. And they're world famous for their trams. Oh, yeah, those things where they have to change the road rules so you can share the road with them. So you've got to do a right-hand turn from the far left lane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, never been on a tram. I actually have been. I was on a tram when dirty I... dirty Victorian. I know. I went down there for... Let me think what year it was. I think it would have been the, what year would have been, 1999 uh, Formula One Grand Prix. And right. I, I went on a tram for, I don't know where I was staying or anything. I just know I ended up on a tram and I was like, I didn't see what the big deal was. It's just, it's like a, a fucking shit train. <laughs> That's <laughs> all like, Well, for me, all they are is just a slow bus. Yeah, that's a, it's like a cross between a shit train and a slow bus. It's just really, really dull. I don't get how they're so famous. I don't know. I can't it's think like, of anything that Melbourne has that's actually iconic, that stands out, that's actually useful. Yeah, no, nothing. Nothing at all. Like, there's uh, no other reason to be there. No. No, it's got me beat. Yeah. 
Det tager jævlige. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's be honest, it'd be less entertaining if I love the place. It would be, yeah. Why don't you move up here? Maybe we should start a campaign, listeners. Let's make Andrew move out of Melbourne. You nice. could get a nice place in the country, rolling green hills. I thought you were talking about moving up to Sydney. I was going to say, right, if we can get a uh, GoFundMe going and raise about $3 million for me, I'll be able to buy a two-bedroom flat somewhere. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two-bedroom flat in fucking Auburn. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> in, an old, in an old whorehouse somewhere. Yeah. All the stains will still be on the wall. Ah, oh, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> Where were we again? <laughs> Uh, we were doing an Ask Canty episode oh, about that's right. Half ago. <laughs> that's right. Um, Simon underscore Mortimer says, why is the NRL only looking to expand in Brisbane and not Central Coast or Interstate? They've tried Brisbane and failed before. Well, you can go and listen to our episode with uh, Nick Livermore to about, you know, hear about the tried in Brisbane and failed before and his thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, Central Coast? No. Why? Look at Manly on the weekend. Mm. They didn't even want to be on the Central Coast. Yeah. Um, interstate, I, I'm keen for them to expand interstate. Mm-hmm. I don't think the NRL's completely ruled out interstate expansion, but they have gone a bit cold on it, I'll say that much. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, the next team's going to be in Brisbane. We need a team in Perth and Adelaide as soon as possible. We could go a team in New Zealand, a second team in New Zealand as well. But, you know, we've got an administration that kind of is looking week to week in terms of the long-term future as far as they're concerned. We've When was the last time we had an administration that actually had a long-term goal? And it was under um, Smith. What was his name? Dave, Dave, Dave Smith? Smith? Yeah. yeah. He had a long-term goal and everyone fucking hated him for it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Pato BS says PVL wants tribalism and he wants growth in grassroots participation. Therefore, would the NRL prefer the West Tigers being based in the inner West or in the MacArthur? And the answer to that is both. Yeah, it's I not, think the, it's not yeah. sensible, but they want both. Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. Like if it was up to me, they'd be they'd be in Camp Town full time. Absolutely. Um, and I would. Oh, in doing that, I would redraw all the boundaries and everything in Sydney, I th- which I think is over- overdue. Long I think, overdue. yeah. So that'd be part of that. But yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be having based at Liverpool, playing out of Campbelltown. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good to, for me too. Yeah, it's just crazy that they're trying to cover two completely disconnected areas. Yeah, th- there's zero connection between those areas. That's the thing. Um. If there was some sort of connection there, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's worth keeping, but there's not. Nah. Um, at Dean Dino HQ says, one player off for each side during Golden Point Extra Time. More tries, less field goals. Thoughts? Um, shit idea. Yeah. Uh, my thoughts are, shut the fuck up and never bring that up again. Um. At man underscore of fat underscore fat says, why are referees so reluctant to sin bin? Feels like they give five warnings unless it's blatant. It's funny this, because people were requesting that referees should be using the sin bin more back in 2018 instead of blowing penalties all the time. Mm-hmm. 
sort of started using the sin binning all the time, and then people started going, oh, they're using the sin bin too much, and now all of a sudden they're not using it enough again. What we're learning here is that some of you people just want to whinge about referees. I actually saw someone today mm-hmm. tweeting about the colour of Ashley Klein's boots. <laughs> I saw that. That was their complaint. Yeah, I went, that's a rough one. There's a lot of things you could probably criticise, you know, Klein for. You're going you're gonna to shit on him about his fucking shoes? Seriously? Yeah, it's Fuck. a weird one. It's a weird one. And like Klein, as you say, I don't think he's a good referee, but, man, I don't couldn't tell you what colour his boots were. That's kind of strange that someone would focus on that. Yeah. Means you're picking on someone because of their clothing, though. I don't care who that. That's just fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, at you're simply the B one says PVL said the game needs more tribalism. So my question is, how much more tribalism does the game need before we have the perfect amount of tribalism <laughs> to take the game forward? That is which, such a good question. Oh, which clubs? So which clubs don't do enough tribalism? Should there be KPIs on tribalism in the NRL? <laughs> oh my god, that that is fucking beautiful. That question. Damn. Um, you mentioned having a tribalism KPI. How would you market that? A tri- well, we need to have a tribalism off. Mm. Maybe we should do an episode that's a tribalism off. Bulldogs win. <laughs> well, they're the family club. To the family club. Um, they don't mind being abusive towards other fans on trains, at train stations. Oh, oh allegedly, jeez. No, nah, it's happened. Remember, the Daily Telegraph took photos of it all. They probably incited half of it, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always stick up for the Bulldogs fans. They've always got my back. <laughs> they do. They do. It's like I will never get stabbed in the neck by a Bulldogs fan. That's, That's for sure. I, I love the Bulldogs fans. I've stood up for them <laughs> several times, actually, um... I remember sticking up for them and no one else would when they had that, um, you know, Mad Monday and they did it inside Belmore Stadium and then the media came over their fucking helicopters and crime reporters and started trying to poke them with sticks. I know, right? Oh, my God. That, that was just... Me. That was disgraceful. And I, I wrote an article defending the Bulldogs over that and so many people came along going, you're the first person we've seen actually write something, you know, defending the club about it. And I'm going, yeah. That was the point where I went, yeah, that's how bad the media is. Yeah, it's it's uh, long may they continue because it's great for us. <laughs> oh, absolutely. What was the other one they did that I wrote about? Oh yeah, some bloke who was allegedly involved in some plot to bring down a plane, and all they could find was pictures of him wearing bulldogs clothes. So they went, oh, "Bulldogs was... fan involved in terror plot." I went, "You dirty pricks!" That was gross. So I that wrote about that as well, and they got them to actually change the bloody title of the article and remove the link to the bulldogs club in the in the story. Yeah, I remember that. That was, that was fucking gross. But nah, love you Bulldogs fans. Keep up your yeah. good work. Salt of the earth Bulldogs fans. Absolutely. Um, at Brent Lambert nineteen says, "Are you chaps really good mates away from the camera, or more like colleagues? <laughs> um, they hate one another." Yeah, they're journalists, and so they're spiteful cunts. Well. well Ben Eichem is a former player, and Paul Kent is almost a former player, but he's a journalist, and journalists don't like players, so yeah, they hate one another. Don't you reckon? Don't you reckon Ben Eichem looks unwell? 
I've, to be honest, I've not watched anything he's done in the last 12 months. Man, he looks unwell to me. Mm-hmm. I hope he's all right. He looks like, uh, how, uh, he kind of looks like he's, he's turning into Wayne Bennett. Oh, that, that's fortunate. I, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. <laughs> no, I don't even, I've got no idea. You'll have to tell me after the podcast where, where you thought I was going with that. Holy shit. Well, I was just going to say, well, maybe we were suggesting he's looking like 1991 Freddie Mercury or something like that. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No. When you said I'm well, I was like, well, he's not healthy. I don't know. But it was just Wayne Bennett. He just looked like he's getting old, you reckon? Yeah, he's, he's aging hard, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, that'd be coming from having to sit next to Paul Kent and listen to his shit all the day. <laughs> you know what he looks like? He looks like somebody that, um, you know, there are some people and they go on like a, a diet. But it's like one of those, um, what was that? Like the Atkins diet. Oh yes. And you don't see him for like eight months, and you see, and there's just a look about them, like, yeah, I'm really healthy. I'm on the Atkins diet. You look at them, and you're like, man, they look fucking sick. <laughs> I think what it is is all of that hot air that comes from Paul Kent. Mm-hmm. That's going to drain all that moisture out of your skin. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Paul Crawley looks the way he does. He's had all that hot air coming from Kent and uh, Rothfield constantly blowing in his direction, and now that's why he yeah. looks like a, his his face looks like a handbag. There is that that possibility. Also, the, I guess the thing about uh, about Ben Iken too is that he's just always surrounded by fucking raging alcoholics, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, we'll just park that one out there. Yeah. Um. What's another one we've got on here? At Johnny Vegas 007 says, Hey, Kenty, why don't you go over and be the Warriors recruitment officer and help us out since it seems like you know everything? <laughs> That's yeah. a pretty good one. I like that, that one. Yeah, that won't go down well. No, no. Because I'll tell you, the first thing you'll do is Black Green will be replaced by Paul Kent. You know... It wouldn't be the worst move. Blake, here's the thing about Blake Green, right? Blake Green's a, not a very good fucking footballer, right? But at the very least, he could guide a team around the park and he had a bit of a kicking game. Well, now he can't guide a team around the park and his kicking game's fucking atrocious. So all you're left with is a reserve-grade quality fucking halfback. It's terrible. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do there. Maybe they should get Sean Johnson back now that he's he's actually playing some good footy. How about the Sharks fans going, oh, he's leading, he's one of the leading, you know, tri-assist players, and it's like, have you seen him? I'll, I'll admit he's, it's the best he's looked at the Sharks, but it's not the best he's looked. No, no, he's a shadow of his former self. Um, but he's not the issue at the Sharks. Chad Townsend is a, is a big problem there. Yeah, his form has fallen right off. It's really weird. Mm. That needs to be addressed. Mm. Um, Chad Town- you know what Chad Townsend looks like? He looks like he's going to be a fucking New Zealand Warriors halfback in about three years from now. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> um, at 67, John says, Eddie Jones is next Warriors coach, question mark. That's a horrible idea. Yeah, that's a really, really bad idea. Um, I prefer my rugby league coaches to, you know... Be from rugby league. Yeah, because that to me that just makes sense. You you want a rugby league coach to be coaching your rugby league team. Yeah, 
and having rugby union coaches with surnames of Jones has done, hasn't worked out well for rugby league teams in the past. Never. Never, ever. Um, DPG213LBC. <laughs> that rolls off the tongue, that one. It does. That would be an easy one to remember when you're logging in. Mm. Apparently Melbourne were perfect on Friday night with zero set restarts. The only team this weekend to not give one away. Set restarts get much less scrutiny as there is no time for a televised replay of what it was for. Do the refs have too much sway? Now, I think that this was from the Panthers game from memory. Um, And it was kind of weird to see them not give away a a set restart. Uh, I remember watching the game thinking, man, this is kind of weird. But I find the set restarts a... I feel like 80% of them are super random. What do you feel? Um, they they do feel random. Like Sometimes you're just watching the game of footy and all of a sudden you hear the bell go off and there's a set reset. You're like, huh, what? Mm. And I think when, when they initially brought in to try and help clear up the ruck and I don't know that they have done that much cleaning up. There's... I think because play doesn't stop when there would normally be a penalty and then you have a kick for touch, mm-hmm. it's helping the game look faster mm-hmm. because they just keep playing on. But I don't know that the game is actually all that much faster. And yeah. the stats will back you up and say that, well, there's more sets in our game now, but that's because you're not spending a minute kicking the ball into touch and then walking downfield and all that stuff. You just bang straight on with it and away you go. So you're going to fit a few more sets in each game because of that. That's all I see that's happening. Um, you know what saying, I did. You yeah. know what I did see. Mm-hmm. I saw Phil Gould blowing up about the one referee and their influence on the game. <laughs> it had to happen. <laughs> yeah, that was just today. It had to happen. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. All these people. What one ref and now all of a sudden? Do the refs have too much sway? Um, there's another ref fashion one here. Floyd's at Floyd's Army. Should the NRL disclose the number of set restarts in the official stats? I say yes. Yes. Um, seems a lot of refs are determining the outcome of games and are not being held accountable. Fuck off. Yeah, I've never I for all of the things with the set restarts, I've never seen one and said, oh, that just that. Just change that cost that team the game. I've ne- I've not seen that yet. I've seen teams that have got a bunch of them in the row and given away tries. I've yet to see. I've I've just yet to see that. You know, there's teams. I've yet to see a team play fucking perfectly. Doesn't happen. Mm. It never will. Um. Granty Obey says, "Should Dogs fans be excited about Luke Thompson coming? What will he bring?" Well, you asked the wrong people there because they've never watched him play. <laughs> yeah. Um, what they, do you think Luke Thompson's going to bring to the Bulldogs? He'll be a like a solid forward at best. People will overrate him, of course, because they do that to a lot of English players for some reason. But, you know, what? what's he walking into? You know, he's walking into a team that's mostly not first graders. I think he's a good signing by the Dogs because of that. They need all the talent they can get. I th- but, uh, yeah, I think you'll do a, a reasonably good job there. Um, yeah. I'll say this about him. He's he's not one to shirk some of the work, and that's a good thing. Um, but 
if you're thinking you're going to get someone with a bit of X factor, I I don't think he's going to deliver in that area. He's not he's not a James Graham type player in my view. I think he'll be Aiden Tolman with better PR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, I, I, you know the thing is, people think I've got something against English players, right? I just treat them like every other player. And that's the problem. No one else does. All these fucking people in the media, any time a palm does anything, they're like, oh, my God, he's so good. He's well... It's like, fucking calm down. He's just another fucking player. Yeah. Um, Listen to you fucking playing it safe. you got some vested interest in England, don't you? uh, No, I've I've got shares in Luke Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Um, at Dinesh one zero five six nine one nine eight, legit. Nice. If referees are going to administer the new rules strictly, don't you think it's important for them to help themselves by also penalising milking in the ruck from the offensive side? Well, you know they used to be able to do that when they had two referees, but people like you whinged about two refs and you wanted <laughs> one ref back. So now this is what you get. Shut up and deal with it, you fucking sook. Yeah. Again, Next. and you know what? I watch for plays milking in their scrum from the uh, attacking side. Um, the referees are pretty good with that, I think. Like, they don't... It's very rare they you see them grabbing a player and fucking around and the referee actually gives six again. The more random ones are when the play the ball looks fine and all of a sudden it's six again for some reason. You're like, well, that looked fine to me. What was going on there? Yeah, it's crazy to speed up the game and then take an extra referee out of it. It just, to me, it just, it's completely nonsensical. It really is. By the way, how weird is it that we call it milking? Yeah. Don't you reckon that's a bit dodgy? It it is. Mm. It is. Um, Especially when there's only one thing you can milk in there, and it's probably not suitable for, you know, an audience for everyone. Yeah, exactly. We don't want that. How about just... I don't know. Um, what's another word we could use instead of milking? Uh, ooh, that's a really good question. What else could you use? Like, uh... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I feel like I need to think on that one. Yeah, too much. Um, yeah. I, I feel I could only come up with suggestions that are worse. Yeah, Maybe... they'd, all, they'd all sound of being... They'd all be like, what? Like, I feel as though if uh, you got somebody that had never seen rugby league before and you sat down with them and then all of a sudden you start yelling, he's milking it! He's milking it! They'd think, what the fuck is going on that I'm missing? Yeah. You know? And all the alternatives would be just as bad. Maybe we could call it vinegar stroking it. <laughs> what about flogging it? <laughs> He's two-handed in it. He's two-handed in it. <laughs> we, we might just leave that one there. And yeah, move let's on. stop. Let's stop. Um, Don't want to finish that one off. Jay Rin Bully says, do you think the NRL should just blow a penalty when it's clear to see deliberate ruck infringement instead of waving six again, especially when a team is in the attacking zone or for first tackle coming off their own line? Well, yeah, I'd, I'd say if there's ever a deliberate infringement, then that should be a penalty every time. Yeah. But it's not, so... How long How long do you think it's going to be before we're back to two referees and just how we had it? I don't see it happening until the media whinges about it. 
Yeah, that it needs to be full. I, I feel like it's got to be 18 months worth of it, and then we'll go back to where we were, and they'll say it was good in the old days when we had two referees. Yeah. But it's, it's to tell you what, it's moving quicker than I thought. Yeah, I, I didn't think the hypocrisy would, would come this quickly. I thought we'd, it, we'd at least get till uh, October. Yeah, same here, same here. Um, Brett Star 13 says, do you think the new ruck rules are taking props out of the game? No. No. No, I think that uh, I think that it hurts forward packs that aren't quite mobile, but I don't think it gets rid of the big forwards just yet. I just think you can't have like I look at a team like the Storm; um, they've got a lot of big forwards. I don't think they can have as many of their big forwards on the field like they did last year as they the, this year. They just can't do that. No, like so, like they used to have. Uh, the Bromwiches, um, Afa Solomona, and then you'd have Kamakamitha, you know, and, and they'd, they'd be rotating that. There's a lot of big dudes. I don't think you can do that now. I think you need that mobility, but... Yeah, we're starting to see a lot of teams do now putting one, sometimes two smaller players on the bench and two mm-hmm. back rowers, mm-hmm. or one prop, one back row, and you get a, a spine player and a back. Mm. They're starting to creep into some of the teams. Um, we also seen Melbourne in the, in the last few weeks playing Brandon Smith in the front row and putting two props on the bench. Yeah, and that's worked really well for them, actually. Yeah. I think that's, that's the problem at the Broncos. I think they they need to augment their forward pack for the rules. Hmm. They need to do something. Yeah. Um, Letman741 says, when will the refs start blowing the whistle for players playing the ball one and a half metres away from the spot where they were tackled? Well, they're just social distancing, aren't they? <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, shit. Well, they, they, they just tell them to go back and play. They used to blow a penalty and people blew up about them blowing penalties. Fuck. Yeah. Um... Right, we'll get off the ref bashing briefly here because okay. that was a heap in a row there. Yeah. At Chef Ben Ma says, who do the dogs have to sign for the 2021 season to start their rebuild? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, we should go... We're going to do an episode where we go through and look at some of the off-contract players, which would be interesting. Mm. Yeah, we will. Um, that's a tough one, though, because I think... Their spine is not too bad compared to a lot of other teams in the comp. But I also believe, I think, Foran comes off contract at the end of this year and they do need to get a new half. See, if I was the Dogs, I, I can't re-sign Foran. He's just too injury-prone. Yeah. And he's playing good footy. He's really playing good footy, but I just can't do it. Um, you know, I, I wonder if they'd look at a James Tarmo. But I, I don't. I feel like their problem isn't in the forwards. They just. But they could use talent everywhere at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they need. I think they need a, a genuine, a genuine good half there. Um, you know what? Lewis, Lewis, Lewis is playing well, but I think he needs a bit of a more experienced head who's a you know could steer him around the park a bit better. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe Ben Hunt. Well, you know who I when I was watching that Tigers versus Bulldogs game, I was thinking to myself, the Bulldogs would kill right now to have Benji Marshall out there in their team. 
That was another one I was thinking too. Mm. But I can't. Benji won't do it. No. Um, at Ricky underscore DC underscore O six. Hey Kenty, when are you books going to win the gold Logie? Well, <laughs> given that a carpenter won it a few years ago, they can give that shit to anyone now. Yeah, pretty much. And they cancelled the Logies this year, which was probably one of the best things that come out of fucking the pandemic. Yeah. Um, at Blood Doggy says, Corey Norman to reserve grade and Tristan Sailor to six. Your thoughts? Uh, I'm okay with the idea of Tristan Sailor coming to the first grade side. I don't think Corey Norman, though, is the reason for the Dragons not being very good. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, yeah, I wouldn't put Tristan Saller at six, though. Like, I can understand tossing it up, but I don't think that's the... I'd like to see him at fullback, to be honest. I'd love to see him at fullback. Yeah, yeah. Can I just say, too, and I think I mentioned this to uh, to Katie. I think I DM'd it to her uh, during that game last weekend. Kloon. Sounds like a, a slang word for a vagina, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> Now that you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you hear the, the commentators saying it over and over again. Just that's, you know, you watch. Next time you watch the Dragons play. I initially thought it was someone from Northern England saying clown all the time. <laughs> He's a clown. <laughs> yeah, clown. That's funny. Now, we'll drop the ask canties there. Mate, this, this hybrid game between the, uh, was the Kangaroos and the All Blacks? Yeah. Yeah, well, first of all, a, a couple of updates since the last episode that I recorded, the breaking news one. Um, it turns out it's mainly just Mal Meninga having a chat with uh, uh, one of the All Blacks coaches, and it was being pushed along by um, one of those event organisers slash celebrity boxing um, uh-huh. promoters, you know. And it didn't really, it hadn't really gone anywhere with the NRL at all. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. That's good. Because I was going to do come up with some um, ideas for rules to make it appealing to both sets of fans. Yep. Um, so, I don't know, maybe all of the, what sort of rules could you have in there? I reckon the ideal number of players would have to be 13 per side. That would be ideal, but, you, you know, you've got to have 37 players in a scrum and another 26 are going to be in lineouts. And that makes well, it a bit difficult to do when you've only got 13 on the field. Do you stop Do you stop the clock when you've got three or four fat guys rolling around in the ground trying to catch their breath, or do we just let the time tick down? I let the clock go. Okay. Don't, don't okay. kill the poor bastards. All right, all right. Um, no, I, we should go with should go with fourteen players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be unfair to rugby union if we if we force them to have scrums where there was no pushing. Because mm-hmm. what are their fat blokes going to do? Yeah, so we need we need to have contested scrums. Mm-hmm. Um, let's have lineouts as well, just just for the entertainment's sake. Mm-hmm. And then just have play the balls instead of instead of uh, malls. But you can have unlimited play the balls. But then, you know what? The thing that gets me when people talk about 
a hybrid set of rules, right, is they leave out all of the weird kicking rules that they've got in rugby union where you can kick the ball out in the full and you can kick the ball like there's or when you can touch the ball in goal and you just get a 20 meter or 22 meter tap or whatever the fuck they do with it. It, it, there's lots of dumb, stupid rules like that. We got rid of about 100 years ago in rugby league because they're fucking stupid. But rugby union likes it because it's all like traditional. Um, I just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that Mal Meninga was wasting everyone's time with this, that he was not focusing on the jobs that he has at hand in rugby league. I was kind of disgusted by it. And I was pretty happy to see that there's been a lot of people in rugby league that have come out and have been pretty scathing of it too. Well, it's... I can't see how it's ever going to work at that elite level. In all seriousness, neither side would want to be giving a leg up to the other code. No. Not at that level. No. Um, if it was to go ahead, I'd, I'd watch it out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Why not? Um... But yeah, look, there's certain rules that, you know, they make the play, the game suited to certain players. So if you if you were to scrap the mall and have play the balls, mm-hmm. the, the rugby union forwards are probably going to wear it a lot sooner because they're not used to that running up and then running back 10 metres back up and back again. Because once you finish them all, it just goes to the next one. You can usually just run the two metres across to the next one and just pile on there. So the amount of running that I have to do would be much less uh, in rugby union than what it will be in rugby league. And that might wear them out a lot more, especially if there's going to be 14 or 13 of them on the field at a time. They almost all of a sudden got to cover more area as well. Mm-hmm. So the rugby league forwards would probably be out-muscled in the first half hour of the game, but then they just steamroll them in the, in the last hour or so. See, I... Um, I- I think that if, say, you had, if you had to play the ball, right, if you just played rugby union with a play the ball, I think that the rugby league team would slaughter them. Yeah, right? I agree. I think that if you had a breakdown, a traditional rugby union breakdown, it the rugby union team would slow it right down to catch their breath. Because if I'm a rugby league player, I'm just working over their forwards for the first half hour. And the rugby league forwards are going to be way, way, way more um, mobile. I mean, we've had rugby league forwards that when they went to rugby union, they were fucking backs. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing. I think if league was to play that game and win, they wouldn't be doing the recycling where you just go one out from each each more and then, you know, you get tackled again because that just plays into the rugby union players' hands. They'd have to keep the ball alive. Yeah. Draw the defenders, get the pass out, and do that before they get tackled, and just keep the ball alive and run them around, especially in the middle, as you said. Run them around in the middle, lots of inside Mm. passes. Um, Mm -hmm. That'll wear them out pretty quick. Yeah. If if it goes into a slow-grinding affair, then it would be a much closer contest. Yeah, and I I just think that if it went to... if they Because the rugby union side, if I was coaching them, I would say... We slow this game down as much as possible. And that's why the thing that interests me is the kicking rules of the game and the scoring aspect of it. So if they had the rugby union kicking uh, where you can just boot the ball out and you go down there and you have a line out, that that's something that would 
be obviously in rugby union players' favour just be for the fact that we slow the game down, we kick the ball out. We're all wambling down there. Now we've got a line out. Now we're fucking trying to slow the game as much as we can when we get it back again. Whereas if it's rugby league rules, it's going to be the kicking rules. It's going to be sped up just by the nature of rugby league's kicking rules. So I, you know, and I also think if you looked at, say they were saying that they would have a, a maximum of eight phases of play before, and then you had to kick the ball away. Um, if I'm a rugby league team, I'm like, are you kidding? We get fucking eight plays to score. We should be scoring every single fucking time if we're doing our job. You know, yeah. if you get seven tackles in rugby league, it's devastating. I think the thing too is you'd have to get a team that would match up pretty well to be able to play the slower rugby union style. So players like, um, yeah, you'd, you'd need your your fat blokes from rugby league to be playing. See the what uh, I Andrew, Andrew Fafita's in the like these these big guys who have got plenty of size about them, Josh mm-hmm. Papali, those sort of guys. You want them up the front, um, with that with that, you know who's that on Junior Paulo at the Parramatta. See, I I don't know. I would if it was me. I first of all, it's not. It wouldn't be the Kangaroos. It wouldn't be like our best rugby league team. We'd have to select. I think you're right. You pick the team that you would be suited to the contest and i think the rugby union types would do the same thing um but if you were looking across the whole like say it was say an all-star team from both sides right which i think would be more likely to happen um i would i would look for big but mobile forwards i mean they wouldn't know what the fuck to do with the jason talmalolo and 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 then have fucking kick out in there and I mean, if you say it put chucked a Papali in there because he's still one of the best props in the game, like they're big fucking mobile dudes that are ridiculously powerful. Then you throw in a Fafita and a Haas, like good luck. The problem you're going to have though is if we do have lineouts, you're going to need tall blokes, and so someone like Sean Lane might need to be in the side because you know he's like nine foot tall. If you throw him up in the air, no one's going to stop him. He's going to get that ball every time. I've got a sneaking suspicion, though, right, that they that you would go, and I could be wrong about this, but I feel like with the line-out thing, they would, I feel like they would have a rule where you weren't able to lift your own players up because it would just be too foreign to the rugby league players, right? Does that make sense? Do you reckon that, that would they'd have that? No, I'd, I'd no, that'd be too, that'd be too weird. I think they'd, they'd, they don't allow the lifting. Because I, I, I feel like if it was just in terms of pure athleticism, I feel like the rugby league players would be like, this is a piece of piss. And fucking beat them to this ball. Yeah, it depends on how the... Obviously, it depends how the rules are, are put together. But It really does. It really um, does. The backs... I think the backs would be fairly evenly matched. It's, it's going to be the forwards because the, the forwards in both codes are quite a bit different. You know, the... The, the front row for in a rugby union game is all about size and not so much about mobility. Whereas in in league, it's you need the mobility more, just as much as you need the size. Um, See, in my opinion, second row is more taller in in union than they are in league because of the lineouts yeah. thing. I I, feel, I honestly believe that in terms of the backs, 
the rugby league team would fucking destroy the rugby union team. And in terms of the forwards, the rugby league team would be fucking be as big, if not bigger than the cunts. And they, but the problem would be they'd be faster and stronger and more mobile and have offloads and skills. And I, I just think it, it'd be chalk and cheese. I think yeah. we would see a bunch of fucking incredible athletes versus a bunch of rugby union players. <laughs> so that, there's our diagnosis anyway. Yeah, and this idea that it's, it's fucking Malmaning saying, oh, take our game to the world, please. The fucking All Blacks come from a country that has less people than Sydney. Shut up, Mal. Go and fix the fucking Titans, Mal. How about that? Can you believe that he sits there on the Fox Sports panel and criticises other clubs while his fucking Titans that he put together are running around and can only beat a team like the Broncos? <laughs> Fuck. Gets me every time. It really does. Yeah. You know, rugby League didn't give him anything. What do you expect me to give in return? Shit. You went there. I went there. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Mal will um, understand when I say we all say things we regret. I never have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yet. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm no. sure I will eventually. There will be. <laughs> right. Well, why not ask? Have we had any emails? We have. We have had three different emails from three of our most favorite listeners. So the first question is, well, the first email is from our good friend PK. Um, and it's about this uh, hybrid, he calls it league slash union hybrid farce. He says, hi guys, quick rant on the Kangaroos versus All Blacks game. League for a good game that is one, if not the toughest sport in the world. Off the field, we tend to behave like insecure children. This proposal case in point, we need to harden up off the field and realise our game is far superior and has progressed forwards. Why move backwards? Leave Union stuck in the mud. In terms of the league, Union is in the rearview mirror, gradually moving further away into oblivion. Make no mistake, the New Zealand Rugby Union needs this more than we do. I agree with him there. Um... Because the fact is, the only way they could ever make significant money in this part of the world is dealing with league, either converting or throwing up this useless hybrid game. Why give them any help? Let them dwindle. Mal Meninga is on something like $300,000 to be Australian head coach, and this is the sort of shit he is working on. Come on. If you look at league, if you look at it, league internationals will surpass Union in the Southern Hemisphere in the next 10 to 20 years with the growth of Tonga, Fiji, PNG, Kiwis, potentially Samoa. What do Union have? Wallabies, ha-ha, and the white South Africans. Good luck with that. Mal Meninga needs to understand this and focus on nurturing the huge growth potential of international league not this hybrid rubbish what are your guys thoughts on mal to me something just doesn't sit right a little overrated particularly his after footy endeavors to be at the titans or his eager response to this nonsense suggestion cheers pk very good i, I think we've, he, already, we've yeah. already answered that before we answered read the email i know it's, it's weird that we did that 
because we didn't we didn't read the email. I knew it was about the the hybrid game, but I hadn't read the email, so um, just turned out that way. Hey, pathetic. <clears throat> okay, so uh, the next one, I've just got to find it. Oh, this this was a, a good one. This was from uh, John Araya Garcia. He's he's emailed us before. I hope we were allowed to say a name. I'm so sorry if we weren't. He said he said. Hey, League Freak, according to Fox Sports, there might be a hybrid rugby clash of codes game between the Kangaroos and the All Blacks. Just wondering what are your thoughts uh, in it? Maybe you could give, maybe you and Fergo could talk about the history of the clash of codes. Because there has been a few of these games that have been played. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the, the first four games were in 1909 between the Kangaroos and the Wallabies. And it was, yep. it wasn't so much about finding out which code was better but more so about rugby league, just poaching rugby union players, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been others, not at the highest level, though, in the years after then. Mm-hmm. But most of them were, you know, you'd, you'd have one game where they play rugby league rules, another game they play rugby union rules. There was, I don't believe there's been too many, if any, where a hybrid set of rules were put together and they played under those. Mm. Um I think you mentioned recently there was games in the 90s between Wigan in Rugby League and Bath in Rugby Union. Yeah, and the, the cumulative score, Wigan towed them up, especially in the league game. They fucking destroyed them. Mm. Um, there was one, I think there was a game not too long ago, a few years ago, between St. Helens and someone else. I can't remember who the other Rugby Union team was. I, but I don't. I can't remember the, how that one turned out. Um and then, and then there's been lower, like there's been junior games over yeah. here in the northern suburbs and stuff. But I think Kebra Park, actually one of the rugby league schools from the Gold Coast over here, they actually just entered a rugby union competition in uh, and won it. They fucking won it running away. <laughs> so that was an interesting one. But um, yeah, they, like I think the at the end of the day. If rugby union people wanted to watch rugby league, they'd watch rugby league. And if rugby league people wanted to watch rugby union, they'd watch rugby union. I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, so we've got a, another email here from... Okay, so it's Z... 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 Ad... Ziad, I hope I'm saying his name right. He says, Hey, League Freaking Andrew, my name is Ziad. Sounds like Z-E-A-D. Anyways, I'm 20. From Newtown, Sydney, City, I support the Bulldogs, he says, unfortunately, and have been following your channel for about 11 months now since the photo of Mitchell Moses on the bike. But anyway, (laughs) it's very funny. It's great. Um, But anyway, it's funny the things that people see and they end up following you for it, hey? Yeah, so, you know, Poor old Mitch, he won't be able to do much of that delivery work now that he's done his calf muscle. <laughs> yeah, true. I thought it was his Achilles, eh? Um, but anyway, it ended up being his calf. Um, for, uh, okay. But anyways, just wanted to let you guys know, I love your work. Listen to every podcast during my work hours. It really gets me through the day, especially because I work at a bowling club with a bunch of old angry farts. Ha, 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 ha. Um. <laughs> Must be like being around Peter Fitzsimon the whole time. Um, but anyway, the stuff... Be entertaining. Do... What's that? It better be entertaining. Yeah, can you imagine that? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, 
Okay. But anyway, the stuff you do together is nothing short of fantastic. Andrew with his history of the game and just general understanding of things. And you, League Freak, with your over-the-top ideas and just your bogan-like attitude. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. How fucking dare you, Zed? How fucking dare you? Oh, I like this guy. My fucking bogan attitude. (laughs) I like this guy. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. He says, I love it, mate. Uh, I don't know what I would do if you boys didn't post like three times a week. (laughs) But again, thank you so much for the content. And please never stop making content. One day... You will both blow up 100%. That's awesome. I fucking love that one. That's maybe my favorite email we've ever got. That's brilliant. (laughs) And we've also had two reviews through Spotify. Hey, hey, I've got another fucking email here, man. I thought you read out. You said three. You read out three. Yeah, I I had. We had four because we had three, but then there was another one. All righty. Okay. Greetings, hosts of the number one rugby league podcast. This is from Ash, by the way. Nice. Uh, uh, I hear various commentators saying the post-COVID rule changes have exacerbated the difference between the good and bad teams, and this is the reason we have seen significantly bigger winning margins. It seems to me that the teams with the bigger forward packs, such as the Raiders, Dragons, Broncos, Rabbitohs, have been generally hit hard, while the mobile packs have started to dominate. Particularly, I look at the Broncos, who pre-COVID looked dangerous and post-COVID have been more toothless than a kid with a Redskins addiction. (laughs) I hope you're talking about the lollies there. Yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, shit. That's fucking great. Do you you think the gravity of the rule changes is being downplayed in the media? Um, Do you think the value of traditionally bigger middle players will decrease and smaller middles like Murray and Radley will become the new norm Cheers Ash yeah I don't think we'll be getting I hate the term middle forwards but yeah I, I don't think we're going to get them getting that much smaller I think the ultimate perfect middle forward type player is Jason Tormalolo mm. you want someone who's big mobile bustling hard runner hard to tackle that's who's going to be your prop. They're going to be built like that. Um, not so much like the uh, Andrew Fafitas of the world and, you know, people like that. Uh, so kind of reminds me of that, was it, early 2000s period where pretty much all five of your, your forwards on the run team were just all second rowers. See, see, I think what we'll see is maybe... Because I feel as though we got to a point where you could almost run out your entire forward pack was just giants, you know. And and some of those teams that could just run out giant forward packs, and the Broncos are a fantastic example, it was because the the back rowers and stuff were a little bit more mobile than your traditional prop forward, where I think that under the current set of rules, which I don't think they're going to be around for very long, to be honest, um, I don't know that teams are going to be able to retool in time for them to, these rules to change. But I think that you might look towards having a more traditional forward pack where maybe you've got a couple of back rowers that are a little bit smaller than your front rowers and they're more a little bit about being more mobile and, um, and getting through a bit of work like your traditional grafters and stuff like that. You might just have one or two of them in your pack and, um, 
and I think that would be the only change. But that's just a guess. And as I said, I, I think these rules will all change next year anyway, and it'll go back more towards what we had last year, and teams won't even have time to retool. Yeah. Be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it will be. It will be. Ready for the emails? Yep, yep. That's all the emails we had. All right. Well, let's go through these two uh, comments on, uh, what was it? Uh, Stitcher. Stitcher, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, Joe the Cameraman goes mm. five stars. He says, I cannot believe that we get to hear from not only a rugby league historian and statistician, but also a commentator and an expert in the game. Both Andrew and Fricky are the best in the business. Every single episode is amazing to listen to. You should subscribe and listen to this one. It's a beauty. That's a pretty good one, eh? Yeah. And um, Clint Gutherson gave us a five-star review. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, Andrew and Lee Frick cover so many different aspects of the game. I love the way they will go from looking at the latest news to doing a history episode. It's also great that they can do serious episodes and then give you a good laugh in the next. It is just an amazing podcast. Wow, that's very nice. I'll have to add them to the list of reviews we've added to the brand new Fergo and the Freak podcasting website, hey? Oh, yes. How is that today? Has it been fully launched? It's fully launched. It's, uh, you know, there's a couple of little extra pictures we'll add to it and a few little extra features. But, yeah, for the most part, it's all up and running and looking pretty good, I've got to say, I reckon. It does look fantastic. So there's there's a section there, if anyone's listening to this podcast, we've got all of our history podcasts all lined up in a row, so you can see them. Uh, we've got all of our podcasts that have a guest or a, a guest host or anybody that's joined us. We've got all of them all together. Um, we've got a page just for reviews for when people leave five-star reviews. So if you've left a five-star review, you'll be on there. Um, you can contact us through the website. Uh, just click on the contact us button and you'll you'll be sent to a form which will you can fill out and it'll send us a, an email and you can see all of the different um, social media channels that we have for the podcast so we're going to be adding more features as time goes on but this is something that we'll be able to just use it it's going to be a, a lot more user friendly than the old website we'll be able to update it a lot easier and things like that so um, yeah I think people will really enjoy it. I certainly will. It's fantastic. And we might as well wrap this one up. Yeah, it's been a good episode. It has. People, if you want to follow us, he's Leak Freak. I'm at Andrew RLP. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. Same name on uh, Instagram or on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. Um, You can now go to the website and contact us there if you want to drop us an email. Mm -hmm. Just go to the contact us page, isn't it? Yep, com. Check it out. Um, until next time, see you next time.